Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In our fourth year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. I'm your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. So we're going to do a little bit of a different show today, more one of a philosophical nature. This show is episode 236, What Exactly is Happiness? I thought it would be a great way to introduce April and going into this uh, this new year here. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, but I've been putting it together slowly because it's it, there's a lot to it. There really is. And I don't want to... Um, Short shrift, something that's, I think, very important to people in, in general. Definitely important to me. All right, so we're going to have a number of chapters on this. Uh, we'll talk about health, marriage, money, accomplishments, work, even love. And uh, what exactly is happiness? And that's what we're going to be talking about on the show. Now, the dictionary says happiness is the state of being happy. <laughs> I think... That sounds very succinct, but one of the problems with the definition is it doesn't really tell you, well, is there a timeline on happiness? Is there a duration? Is it pretty much just the state of being happy in some short term? How do you continue to be happy if that's even a possibility? So we'll talk about that. And I'm not claiming to have all the answers, but I definitely think it will spur some of your thinking about you know, what happiness is, what maybe what it isn't, uh, maybe some ways that you can help yourself to become more happy, and maybe there be other some ways where you have to be content on not being happy. And, and not being happy is not negative. It's not like you're sad or depressed and, you know, you want to throw yourself off the house or something. But there's times where I think that in society, we put too much pressure on, on the, all, the whole subject of happiness that... You know, we don't let things uh, be where they are. You can't, in my opinion, be happy every day. It's, I don't say it's an impossibility, but it's its simply not really practical. It's definitely I- impractical because humans are complex creatures and things are going to happen that they're going to they're gonna pull you from side to side at times, and, and that's fine. Uh, maybe one of the greatest things about happiness, just like love, is that you don't have it as often, so when you do, you, you, you greatly appreciate it more. It's, it's more fulfilling, and, and it's more uh, moving, and it's more powerful, and it has more, more gravity and more value to it. I know that means that there's some days where you're not happy, but again, we'll talk about there's times not being happy doesn't necessarily mean sad or bad, okay? Now, I'd like to go to some of the... Um, the more eternal or popular quotes about happiness. I've always suspect of quotes to a certain extent because people take too much of them. You know, they make them a bumper sticker or throw them into a philosophy. Folks, you can't guide your life on a sentence, okay? You, you really can't. It does help with some direction, and that's fine. But, you know, making it the whole ball of wax, bad idea. But I still like them because they do help in, in, in a directional sense. And sometimes they help frame 
the things we're trying to talk about. I just don't want to put too much currency in them, and I suggest you don't do the same. All right, happiness is a direction, not a place. Yeah, and I definitely see a lot of merit in that particular quote because if it was a place, why would we not be there more often? You know, to where, you know, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be happy for months on end in this place. It's not really a place. It's really a direction. And uh, like a direction, a road. And like a road, well, there's times when you're going to be on that road for a while. And other times you're going to be off that road for all kinds of different reasons. And that's where we talk about being happy versus not being happy. All right, next. Happiness depends upon ourselves. It's definitely more of the older, uh, excuse me, more of the newer quotes about happiness. The other one was more of an older one. And slightly new agey, but it does have a real kernel of truth in it, in the sense that you see a lot of people, and maybe you even one of them, that they're guilty of this in the past, or maybe even in the present, where you rush yourself into a relationship, man or woman, or maybe even rush to have a child, believing this um, close proximity to somebody, this relationship, this this exchange of of ideas and, and, and time and space and all of that will produce happiness. When many people who do this, they're not happy, and this is not awfully in the way to find happiness because oftentimes the best way to be able to sustain happiness with somebody else is you already have to pretty much be happy with yourself. They can't make you happy all the time. They can't carry all that weight for you on some of these things you need to carry yourselves. And it's a real problem with society and why society in general, especially in many relationships and families, can be quite dysfunctional because too much is thrown on someone else. And then somebody's wind up, they wind up being the caretaker, they wind up being the, the gift giver, and they wind up being the happiness, you know, host and all of this other stuff to the point where they become miserable because it's a lot of work to make other people happy they need to be able to take on some of that themselves okay all right next one happiness is a form of courage i'm not going to say i'm going to argue with that because i'm not it's very happy it's very difficult to be happy all the time hell it's even happy to be uh, happy in in a, in a relationship even if you love the person even if it's in a marriage. Even if it's with your children at times. This comes sometimes where you're not going to be happy with them. Or with the job. Or with your health maybe. With accomplishments at work. And you have to be able to summon up enough strength and courage. Because that's what strength is in a way. It's, a, it's sort of a, the strength to to push back fear enough to, you know, to, to withstand something. Or, or to go through something. You almost have to have courage to be happy. I don't mean that to sound like a downer, but I think there's some real truth to that. All right. Next, happiness is not a goal. It is a byproduct. So, yeah, I, I, I see where that's going because it really is a hard thing to say because it's not like, you know, finishing a race. You know, my goal is to finish this race. I don't care if I'm first or not. Versus happiness, it's like, how do you make that a really a goal? You can't artificially make yourself happy without being in denial or just being a, 
you know, a person that is not connected to reality. And, of course, we already talked about, uh, you can't go rush into a relationship, have a bunch of children, I'm going to be happy. And then you just find out you just added more problems to your life and more work. You know, and I don't know about you, but uh, more problems and more work, uh, to me anyway, it doesn't add up to more happiness, okay? Uh, definitely uh, towards the opposite, okay? Um, I think it's just trying to say that if you're authentic and natural with somebody and you enjoy your time with them, whether it's a relationship of love or platonic relationship or professional or whatever, then the happiness becomes a byproduct of that because it, it was free-flowing and it made sense and it was mutual. That's a big problem with many people trying to find happiness is, is that without mutuality, you just have a singular thing there. You're over there trying to get some happiness and the other person's like, I don't know if I can stand this person. I don't know if I can keep smiling uh, fakely. I don't know if I can not want to kick them out of the room. See, you have to be mutual. There is no happiness without being mutual. All right, happiness is only real when shared. I guess to a certain point that's true, but I mean, there's, ton there's plenty of times where you could have done something or something could have happened to you that made you happy, and, and you walk away and you're happy, and you're not sharing it with anybody. You maybe unless you call it sharing it with yourself, but I don't know how that makes any sense. Um, so, I don't know about that quote. It only can go so far with that one. I see where there's some merit in it, but uh, I wouldn't take it, uh, you know, at full, full face value, okay? And last but not least, no medicine cures what happiness cannot. Yes, I certainly agree with that. I get a lot of people, um, when they hear me rail about, uh, you know, against drugs, you know, they, they call me names or call me a prude. But that really quote is really telling you exactly what I've been saying my entire life. You call it a drug, call it a medicine, it's the same stuff. It's a temporary way to cover up something so you get artificially happy or high, if you want to call it. Where a genuine happiness, you don't need any of that stuff and it lasts. Everything else is artificial. And I don't know if you realize it, but it's anything that's artificial, anything that's not authentic, anything that's fake... Anything that's in the state of denial is not happiness. It's not hard to figure this out, folks. It's a problem with humanity. It's a problem with society. That um, we get steered by marketing. We get steered by relationships. We get steered by wrong-headed family members. We even get steered in many instances by religion. What, if you, what happens if you enter a religion and you don't understand what's going on? How can you be happy? What happens if you're in a religion for a long time and maybe you start losing your um, your faith in it? It goes the happiness out the window on that. You see, so it's not just drugs, anything. Could be ideology, could be politics, philosophy, whatever you want to call it. In the end, it's quite temporary. You're only going to get so much happiness from this because guess what? The real world comes up knocking at your door, and you got to answer it, and it's not always going to have the face of happiness. But guess what? It doesn't always have the grim face of death or destruction or, or sadness either. Like we were speaking about before, there is plenty of times when you're not happy. That's not a bad thing. Right now, I'm recording this show. 
You know, I uh, broke my ankle about six weeks ago. Probably got another month of uh, uh, this horrible cast that I have to wear, and it, it changes your life. And you know, there's days where I'm not happy to go through all this crap, to take a shower with one leg in there and put a bag around your your cast. It's ridiculous. I, I feel like a weirdo. Not happy. It doesn't mean I'm depressed. It doesn't mean I want to strangle somebody. It doesn't mean I'm railing over here in tears. And, you know, I, I, I can't take a poop until Wednesday. It's not like that at all. It's just that you're not happy because the state you're in that you got to deal with, it's, it's hard to find happiness. I mean, if you want to press yourself, and I could press myself all I want, well, at least I didn't break my leg. Well, at least I didn't break my neck. Well, at least I didn't injure my heart. Or at least I, I don't have a terrible disease that's going to take years to figure out. I mean, yeah. But is that happiness? Or is this simply, you know, luck? Or is that just simply looking over to the side of the street to see if the grass is any better? Hmm? Is that, you know, checking out a... A pretty girl at a mall, and for a moment you're like, wow, and that's it. I don't know. Was that happiness? Hmm? Was that lust? Was that a dream? Whatever it is, it's temporary. And I like to think, regardless of the definition of happiness in the dictionary, of the state of being happy, could be longer than a moment. Maybe even longer than a day. I think definitely it's up to us. And I think definitely we have to do whatever we can to try to maintain it as long as we're doing it in an ethical manner. As long as we're doing it in a manner that, that's going to really fulfill and obey our own personal values. As long as we're not crossing our minds on ourselves, that becomes an issue. And we're going to talk about that now. So we got a number of... Uh, chapters here on this show and we'll talk about if this is happiness or not and what you can get out of that all right okay first and foremost and i haven't put this in a particular order i just it's how i wrote it and we could just go in from there happiness is happiness good health well i guess it really depends on your definition of good health first of all and second of all the former appreciation of good health. You know, was I happy before I broke my ankle? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I was because uh, I'm less happy now having to deal with this this nonsense. I can tell you that. And maybe that's how we become more appreciative of good health when we have bouts, you know, of bad health. I mean, I, I probably lose my voice maybe, I don't know, two or three times a year. Who the hell knows how it happens, but it happens. And, and it's not a small thing either. It could take two or three days before it comes back to normal. And believe me, I'm not happy with it. My wife's probably happy with it. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, man, and there's nothing you can do about it. I can't take cough drops. I can't take a medicine. There's nothing. It, it, it takes time. So that's days of... Me not doing a, a show or something like that, I got to push back. That's just the way it is. Definitely uh, unhappy about that kind of thing. So when you have your voice come back, you feel that much happier about your health, about your situation, about the things you can now 
you know, accomplish. Sometimes I wonder if we need evil in the world just because it allows us to appreciate more what the good is. And the same thing as having poor health versus good health or, you know, etc., etc. Having those days of sadness or depression, sometimes they help rebound you for happiness when you're like, you can appreciate when you didn't feel that way and you felt another way. So, yeah, I, I, I think happiness can be good health. But we all know that happiness in itself, because we're very complex creatures, comes and goes. It can be temporary. And I don't mean temporary like you have a little while and then you don't have it for years. I mean, it can be temporary this week and then later in the week you, you have it again. But it, it can be, you know, uh, an up and down like elevator. It can be something that definitely seems to to move in the direction of what happens. I mean, and if you think about it, especially in, in the chapter we're talking about where happiness could be good health, well, if you sling happiness onto one thing too long, I mean, that one thing is going to lose its consistency. It's going to lose something. You can't be with good health every day. You're going to have days when you have a miserable cold that just makes you feel like junk. You're going to have days where you, you, you're going to have... Uh, you know, pollen issues, and you're sneezing all over the place. You know, your nose feels like it's about to explode. You know, you're going to have those days where you, you know, you have the stomach virus or the travel and diarrhea and things like that. You know, where most of the day is in the bathroom. Which to me is a very miserable thing because nothing more boring in the bathroom, I'll tell you that right now. I'd rather go to a Greek library where I couldn't read a single book. I would still be more entertained than being in the bathroom for anything. It's just like, you got to be kidding me. You know? Dante said, hell is not really a, a place of fire and brimstone. It's the place you go that you truly hate. So, if I'm destined to go to hell, I'm, I'm probably going to go to a bathroom for, the, for eternity. That'll, that'll be my torment. Because uh, there's nothing more boring and tormenting than that. <laughs> you know, in my opinion. Alright. Let us go on to the, the next one here. Happiness is a good marriage. Or, you know, I don't know. I guess you could say, if you want to say great marriage, you can always say that too. You know, um, without trying to sound too, too dark or negative... I don't know a whole lot about what's supposed to be a great marriage. I, I've seen people older than me who've been married 30, 40, 50 years, you know, and most of the times uh, they're still dealing with the internal stigma of, of being divorced from the past. And, and that's why even when they had bouts of bad parts of that marriage, they stuck through it. And, and they become creatures of habit. And I don't know if they're any happier than anybody else who's been married for five years. I'm not casting doubt on them, and I'm not making fun of them, okay? But I am, in many instances, skeptical. Because it's hard to derive a lot of happiness from, from marriage, because marriage ultimately is a relationship with a lot of give and take. There's times when you're going you're gonna to slouch off because of things that happen in, in your life, and, and like a garden, if you don't, if you don't water that plant, you, you can't get mad by the end of the week when it's starting to wilt. It's the same thing with a relationship. 
So it's very hard to find a consistent or a constant happiness in, in, in marriage. Because there's so much sharing, which is not always easy to do when sometimes you need your own space, your own room to things. If you're a writer, God knows it's like, you know, I don't even know how writers stay married. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm married um, next month, 20 years now. It'll be my 20th anniversary. I'm happy in many ways that I'm married. Don't get me wrong. But it's not a Hallmark card. It's not one of those quotes. You know, it's not some snap of the fingers. I'm not some brilliant genius on every one of my moods or, or, or how, how women act on every little thing. Nobody can be. You're putting two opposites together and you're expecting some great results. I don't know, marriage can be wonderful at times and sometimes it just seems like a complete insanity. It's like, what am I doing? It's why lots of people get divorced in the end because they ask that question more often than just once in a while. They ask it a lot and then they wind up leaving it because they're asking, what am I doing here? I'm like any other man or any other person married. I'm going to ask it now and then. I've just been fortunate that I've always come up with the answer of, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing this. Because she is great. Because I am better with her. Because I do love her. Because I got kids that are, that are doing well and, and I'm happy they're in the world. So I stay married because I find the answers to those kind of questions. When you don't find them anymore and you don't have them anymore, well... You don't have a marriage anymore. It's it's actually that simple. But are you always going to be happy in a marriage? No. And I think there's way too much pressure from families and religion and the greeting card industry and, you know, every strange swami you see at the airport that, you know, you're supposed to always be smiling and everything's supposed to always be great. No. You're going to have times where you're like, I thank you, God, I married her. And there's other times you're like, I like to throw myself off a bridge, you know? So, I mean, it's just normal. So, it's going to be, uh, like anything else in a marriage, it's going to be ups and downs, it's going to be fleeting, you're going to have some of your best times, and I think sometimes for me, the, the worst times in my marriage is when I do stupid things or act dumb, and I have an audience right there when this happens. That's what sucks. It's okay to make mistakes in private. You keep them secret. Hard to stay secret when you're in a marriage. So you do things stupid and you have a whole audience there. That makes it rough. In some ways, it keeps you more humble. So you're not some arrogant jerk that thinks they know everything. But in other times, it's like, you know, I'm not getting any younger over here. Do I need this? Do I need this? Blah. <laughs> so it's it, it can be it can be rough. But I'm still answering the question that I'm happy and that I'm. Grateful to be in it because I still have the answers to those questions. Hopefully it stays that way forever. But um, I can tell you that um, I know people on both sides of the family and I know people and friends and people I grew up with and, you know, they're on their second, third marriages. I'm still my first. Does it make me some brilliant relationship person? Uh, no. Sometimes it's just because, uh, you know, it wasn't worth the fight. <laughs> other times uh, you're lucky. You just get lucky. You know, and, and, and other times uh, because you've 
grown more in the relationship and because you're a little bit more mature as a as a man or as a human being you know you can tackle things without having started a, a giant war and that in itself sometimes is a good way to stay married or even find ha happiness or keep it going longer because um you realize what was worth you know uh, a conflict and what was simply not you know i mean oftentimes if you think about it being married is, is like an athletic team i mean sometimes you got to take something for the team even if it means that you look weird or you, you get injured or you know you lose some face because the bigger effort was worth more than than your own it's one of the hardest things to accomplish in, in marriage or relationships or maybe even just in teamwork how um you can put aside for temporary basis your individuality and maybe even your ego so that you can uh, serve a, a bigger cause not an easy thing all right here we go next one here happiness is having a lot of money well i can tell you from uh, experience and i can tell you from being around people and uh in politics particularly uh got to work with a lot of people very very rich and i found them to be uh some of the most unhappiest people i've ever met in my life it's a it's a strange irony and in many ways it's shocking you see how um unhappy they are part of the reason is is because they allow their status to change people around them and that in itself means that they're always going to get the answer they want to hear which means they don't really have friends they just have followers and sycophants and yes men and that was the common theme I saw to, to, to wealthy people. I haven't had somebody I work with really close. I like the guy a lot, but he's like, you know, I wish we did more friend personal stuff. I'm like, well, you know, we're coworkers or partners in this political situation, but, uh, I don't want to go any further into that. I see the kind of person you are and you're not even used to having a real friend. I don't even think you understand what that would mean. That would mean for me, the guy who's not wealthy, to tell you my mind, to speak my mind about things I might not like or what I don't appreciate. And I'm not going to just hold back because you're wealthy. You know? And with your wealth, all you got to do is say, well, screw him, I don't need him anymore and go with somebody else. That's all you got to do, which means that you don't know how to be a friend. I'm not suggesting to anyone or to wealthy people out there that you're supposed to just, you know, Get rid of your wealth and now you're going to become a normal person. I'm just saying that it has a power that warps people. It makes them see reality in a different fashion. It makes them being treated different than others. They get used to that nonsense. And now they're in a bubble that has nothing to do with reality. So, no, I could never be a friend with someone like that. I didn't find a single one. And I'm telling you, I had more than a handful that I, that I work with and that I even liked. They're, they're fun people in many ways, but I, you couldn't engage them in any kind of serious way beyond that. It'd be crazy. You know, you're just asking, you're just asking them to get hurt. You know? And I'm not interested in that. I'd rather be friendless then than being with someone like that. Because in the end, and it's what you are, but it's worse. Because it's worse than being friendless. Because you got somebody that will, they'll, they'll turn on you in a drop of a dime because they just don't know how to get treated like a regular human being. 
They're too used to being treated like a god. So no. And we see it all around us. I mean, if you think about it, uh, what, what businessman can you even think of, uh, especially the ones that are worth a lot of money, that are happy people? They seem to be terribly unhappy people. Always interested in knocking down somebody. Always interested in revenge. Always interested in, you know, being quirky and strange and, and controversial. They don't know how to be a regular person because all of that has warped them so much. And they've never learned. Now, I think it's better for people who are more um, modest and upbringing, who have a sense of values and understand some about things about the real world. When they become wealthy on, you'll find that those people are a lot more adjusted to it and they can handle it a lot better. They tend to be more realistic. But the ones that are born that way, nope, they're going to be born with the spoon in their mouth and they're going to die with it too. They might even die with it up their butt, but in the end... They're never going to have a real connection. And that's what makes them terribly unhappy because everything that they do is based on, on their wealth and connections and, and, and popularity and celebrity and all that you want to call that. So none of it's real. They're never really marrying somebody they actually love. They don't really have friends who are actually friends. It's just ridiculous. I, I, you can see why they become miserable. And they don't know how to break out of that. It's sad. In many ways, you got to be feeling sad for some of these people. In some instances, I felt they were sad. There's a real link between people who are very wealthy and people who get wind up getting addicted. There's so much of a higher percentage for drug addiction, alcohol addiction, serious depression, sexual addiction. Psst. You know? Hell, Michael Jackson, he had like, uh, like a, a fetish for buying things, even if he didn't know he had the money. Just buy. There's like warehouses of stuff he just bought. Never even saw it again. Yeah, I like that. And then put it in the warehouse, and that's it. Just trying to get that next high, that next bit of happiness, even if it lasted for a day or half a day or something, because they can't get it from people, folks. It's very hard to get thing uh, happiness at all from something that's not alive. But people do it all the time. They, they try, they try, they try because they don't know how to do anything else. So try to keep that in mind if you're around any of those kind of people. You know, you're, you're, really, uh, you're really bucking up the wrong tree there and you're actually going to get slapped worse than Chris Rock. I can tell you that. All right. Next. Happiness is a sense of accomplishment. Yes. It can be at times. But I find that many a times when people have these accomplishments and they get that, that happiness and they're high for a while, you know, it fades and now they got to go find another accomplishment. It's almost like they spent all this time with work and anguish to get up that mountain. Now they're up that mountain. They jump up and down for 10 minutes, have a power bar. And they're like, oh crap, now I gotta climb down this damn thing and go find another mountain. So, one of the problems with happiness and accomplishment is, you know, it becomes a never ending tale of you getting that next fix. And that's where happiness should never be. You should never be doing it like that because in the end, it just won't even be happiness anymore. It'll just be, you know, yeah, I did it, man, cool. Alright. Let's go do another one. Happiness has to be more than that. 
I remember before I was married, I, I dated two women that were really, really like workaholic people, totally into their careers. It didn't bother me because I'm like, finally, I can meet somebody that wants to really work on some of the things they like to do and they don't have to feel weird or ashamed about it. Because I've been with other girls before where, you know, they look at you and they're like, you know, you have to work so much. Can we go out and do this and do that? I'm like, yeah, we could do all those stuff. But what does that have to do with my work? I don't know. Almost like it became uh, a threat to them or uh, a way for them to make them more insecure or something. Or even, even saying in many ways, uh, I'm doing too much work because I'm insecure. I never felt that way. Just wanted to get the, the job done and, and I like what I was doing. So it was great to, to, to date a, a, a couple of girls that felt the same way. But unfortunately, when you like that, it, it's difficult to find happiness, even with somebody else, because, and especially with these women here, they were a mess outside of work. Where at work, they were efficient and brilliant and strong and have leadership and, and, and make decisions uh, outside of work uh, as a normal girl, uh, indecisive and, and, and insecure and messy and disorganized and repulsive. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean repulsive. Impulsive, that's what I mean. Um, although that behavior, after a while, does become repulsive, but nevertheless, impulsive. And, and you're like, what the hell? Almost like Jekyll and Hyde, you know? Dr. Jekyll being the brilliant scientist or the brilliant person at work, and then Hyde, that monster that came out at night, and she didn't recognize that at all. And they didn't know how to stop doing that. In fact, oftentimes, they felt that the only way they could stop being messy and insecure is to try to add some of those elements from the work life into the personal life, which is a disaster in itself because now they're over there trying to organize you or they're trying to dictate things to you or they're trying to run you or they're just trying to like give you orders. Not good because I don't believe in giving orders in a relationship as a guy. Um, definitely not taking them as a, you know, as a guy from anyone. So, yes, you can get a measure of happiness from accomplishment, but unless you really just rest on the accomplishment, that's it. I, I know, uh, um, a friend in the Air Force, he wound up staying for his, uh, you know, for his entire career and, and retired. And he had told me that he had strived so much to get up to the ranks, and then there was a point where he reached, and in the Air Force, it's one of the higher ranks, Master Sergeant. There's, a two, there's two others above that, but he said once he reached Master Sergeant, he said that was it. He said, I felt accomplished, and I felt happy, and he goes, to do anything more would mean I'd start losing my happiness, because... There's so much more you have to do to that next level and that next. He said, I did it was enough. He goes, at that point, I had like four years left before I want to retire. He goes, I'm, I'm going to go out being happy and content and doing my job. I'm not going to go out just trying to kill myself for a couple more bucks and just another stripe. That was smart for him to do that because that's how he retained his happiness. That's how he kept his focus on his family. That's how he kept his marriage strong. By understanding that there was a point where he just needed to take a breather from all of that ambition and to simply say, I'm going to live with what I got 
I'm happy with this. It's a very good rank. You retire nice with it. It's respectable. You got a lot of things you could do with that rank. No one can say otherwise. And that's that's it. So, yeah, you can get happiness from accomplishment. Yeah, you can even, even sustain it like he did. But you have to learn where you're going to stop. You have to learn where you're going to be able to put down things and just be, I'm happy doing this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy being the office manager rather than I'm not trying to be the boss of the company. Or I'm happy being the bank manager, but I don't want to be the bank president. That kind of thing. Makes sense. It really does. And it, it really does help people in the end because there's a point where accomplishment will simply just be an excuse for um, having an addictive behavior or having an excuse of uh, trying to inject some kind of artificial way of, of, of being happy. Sometimes happiness is about just having a contentness about something. And that in itself is a form of happiness. It might not be the biggest form of happiness. Or some slap happy yelling and screaming and laughing kind of happiness and stuff. Where you, you got practically tears coming out of your eyes. But it's the content of, I'm not going to kill myself for something that's not worth it. And I'm just going to enjoy what I've earned thus far. Be content. That is a happiness. And, and, and it's a good one. Alright. Happiness is success. Especially at work. Now I know it sounds like we just talked about that. But actually we didn't. Because accomplishment can be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be work. It could be. You know. Sports. Could be work. It could be uh, a, a hobby. It could be what you did to your house. How you landscape something. Some people. And like I was telling you about before. Especially when people who are workaholic. You're going to find people like that. That that's the only time they really feel. Any kind of security. Or any kind of contentment. Is in a work environment. And I think the reason why. Is because for them. There's no risk. It's one of the problems with happiness. That people fail to understand you want to sustain happiness like my friend who decided not to try to get the higher ranks anymore and just stayed content with where he was at if you want to be able to sustain it well you have to be willing to take a risk you might even have to be willing to deal with a sacrifice and live with it but when people are workaholics they don't feel they have to do any of that sort of stuff because not dealing with people on a personal basis, not having to deal with any of those kind of relationships and all the gray area and all the messiness that can come with that. It's just easier to be in a work environment where everything is cut and dry. Everything can be black and white. Everything is an order given or order received. You know, everything is a goal met, a bonus paid, a boss happy, that sort of thing. And I know some people, I don't know how healthy this is, but I know some people that their happiness depends on if their boss is happy. I can understand that in a marriage, but in a work environment, I don't know. Lord, that's, man, you have to do that. So what are you, miserable until he's happy or she's happy? 
I don't know how what kind of good work environment that is, but hey. That's what some people do. So, is it possible to be work uh, happy in some kind of a work environment? Find some happiness there? Yes. If you keep it in to a certain extent, you're keeping it not going so far. You're kind of keeping it just in a way that makes practical sense. Yeah, you can. There's plenty of people who find real fulfillment in their jobs. Not everybody. Some people simply just do it because it's a means to an end. It's, it's how they derive income to do other things they prefer to do and enjoy. But yeah, happiness is definitely possible in work. You just have to be, I feel, smart about it. For too many people, it, it becomes an overwhelming entity. Especially when those people fall out of a relationship or get divorced. You'll hear the story all the time. I threw myself in my job for years. Now I'm out there dating and I don't even know what to do. Well, you know, if you haven't any human contact in that way in, a, in a quite some time, yeah, it's going to be hard to re-engage, no doubt. But I really enjoy the topic here of happiness because... In many ways, it really helps you try to figure out more about who you are. And in the sense of, well, what makes you happy? And can you do something to improve that so that maybe you can be more happy or have happiness for a longer period of time? What can you do in your life that can make things better so that you can be more happy? And that's what we're going on to the next and last chapter here. And that is, happiness is love. <laughs> I wish. It can be for a short period of time. But if you know anything about love, love is like that burning star. It uses all its energy and then it's out. It's quite fleeting because it only lasts for so long. You have people all the time that say, uh, especially in marriages, yeah, I, I just stopped loving him, so I had to leave. If you talk to him any further, you find out that they, they're with the people for like 15 years and they stopped loving them like 10 years ago. So, you know, that's just a, a convenient excuse. You left 10 years late. Love's not always going to be there. Part of the relationship and its maintenance is love brought you to the point of loving the person well enough to have some respect of who they are. To appreciate their good and their bad. To count on the things that can be counted on. And that's going to ride you out in the days when you're out of love. Or when you just don't have as much to give or, 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 or to even to receive. Because it goes in and out. It's fleeting. So you can't really count on love to give you happiness. In fact, in some cases, love can be very torturous and painful. And even dehabilitating. This sounds like an incredible irony. But you could be in love and be unhappy. Because the person you can be in love with maybe doesn't even know you exist. Or the person you can be in love with at that moment is not really returning it. They don't really feel it. 
So you could be in love and unhappy at the same time. So so you can't really count on love to get you happiness. Because sometimes it'll get you the opposite. I know it's it's a cruel irony and, and certainly is a strange mystery. But what we have to understand more than anything is to not spend too much of our time with any one thing whether that's a hobby or a dog or a person and make sure that we have reserved the time for ourselves because there are going to be times in your life in your day in your week whenever when it seems like the world is pointed against you and nobody sees your point of view or even understands you or gives a crap at that time if you don't have something left into yourself whether you might want to call it self-love or self-respect or just knowing something more about yourself you will be in trouble and and, and that sometimes that's how people wind up ending their lives because so much of their life was being connected to other people. When that failed, then they didn't have a means to live anymore. Because they never found themselves. So you got to spend some time for yourself. It's one of the great lessons that you'll learn in life. Or that you need to learn right now if you ever figure that out. Uh, I'm not saying that there's not times when you don't need somebody. That's normal, that's natural, that's human. I'm just saying that there's going to be more times than not when you're going to need yourself. And you can't do anything with yourself if you haven't begun to know something about yourself. If you haven't accepted certain things about yourself, good and bad, and learn to live with those. Without that, then you're looking at a situation where Am I really happy or it's just that I have all these people around me? What happens when they're not around? What happens when they're gone? What happens if they shun me one day? Then you'll see that your love or even your happiness will be dependent on someone else. Where it also needs to be dependent upon yourself. And that's probably my last word for the show. Is you know, If we're going to use a quote, if we're going to say anything that's going to be having real weight I say happiness is knowing yourself alright folks until next time God bless this is Mark Anthony Rossi strength to be human that was episode 236 what exactly is happiness Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.